Hi, and welcome to The Expressionist, the podcast where we, Helen Rydstrand and me, Olivia Rosenman, dig up the dirt on expressions, sayings, idioms, maxims, etc. Today on The Expressionist, we'll be having a fair suck of the source of Australian idioms bottle. So pass the source, Olivia. Okay, we're going to talk about two new sayings today. We have a geographic focus. Mm-hmm. An Australiana theme. An Antipodean theme? Antipodean, yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, uh, they're both pretty just Australian, actually. Well, how do you know? Just based on the specific detail of the phrases. Yes, that's true. Did you know New Zealand only had birds? I do know that. But it means that by virtue of that fact, we can be sure that both of these expressions are not... Wait, hang on. Did... But surely they have lizards. I thought they We're going to discuss two sayings particular to Australia and maybe all New Zealand. We're just going to start. So, Helen, do you know anyone who has a roo loose in the top paddock? I reckon I probably know a few people have a roo loose in the top paddock. Yeah. Tell me about the phrase. To have a roo loose in the top paddock, or it may be the upper paddock, means to be a little bit crazy and or a little bit stupid. Okay. It could be intensified by adding roos to the paddock. So you might have a few roos loose. Oh, right. A dozen roos. More roos, more crazy. More roos, more crazy or okay. stupid. Mm-hmm. A roo or two loose. It's got the added benefit of rhyming. Let me give an example. Some people might say that Donald Trump has a roo loose in the upper paddock. And that's a very good example because there's, you know, that question mark, whether it's craziness or stupidity mm-hmm. that is the problem here. So what kind of phrase is this, rue loose in the top paddock? Well, because it's not immediately clear what it actually means, Mm -hmm. say, for example, if you were American or Canadian and I said that, you would have no idea what I was talking about. Probably. And for that reason, it's an idiom. Okay, that's an idiom. It's often applied to politicians. According to the Macquarie Dictionary, it is often used in Bundaberg. Bundaberg? Yes. Why specifically Bundaberg? No further information. But, you know, the Macquarie Dictionary is a reputable source. So I was quite confused. So just to clarify, Bundaberg is a town in Queensland to the northeast of Australia. It is a sugar town. Yeah. And it is made famous by the production of rum. So you may have heard of or seen or drunk Bundaberg rum. Anyway, I would love to know if anyone has any further information as to why it's most commonly used in Bundaberg. Couldn't find anything else other than this Macquarie Dictionary. Having said that, it was a, a contributor fact, factoid. As in someone had sent it in. But you well, know that's how dictionaries were originally made. Well, that's it's true. the story of the Oxford English Dictionary. According to another bizarrely uncomprehensive source... It was first used in 1908, but I don't know when, where, or how. Oh, so nothing about the context, just that the concise lone date. Yeah, the Concise Thesaurus of English Metaphors, which is a Rutledge publication, gave me that date, but gave me no context. So then I thought maybe that that was a dodgy source, mm-hmm. but it's published by Rutledge, yeah. which I think is a reputable publisher. It is indeed. There could potentially be someone alive. No, there wouldn't be. No, there's no one alive who was alive in 1908. Unlikely. Well, there are. People live to like 120. I don't think there's anyone that old in Australia. No, probably not in Australia. So where does it come from? Other than Bundaberg, I also couldn't find that information, but I've come up with a theory, which I think probably makes sense. And I'm just going to, I'm going to call it the truth. Okay. Considering the country in which we live in, 
there's kangaroos hopping around everywhere, mm-hmm. especially paddocks, because what do kangaroos eat? Grass and other shrubs. Mm. Greenery. Mm-hmm. So if you were grazing livestock in Australia, most commonly sheep and cows, mm-hmm. it would be a very bad idea and it would, would be crazy and stupid to allow roos loose in your upper paddock. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that you keep your favourite cows or livestock in the upper paddock, perhaps the prime rib is up there, <laughs> then you definitely wouldn't want to have roos hopping around in there because they would be eating the grass that the cows should mm-hmm. be eating. Mm-hmm. So it's just bad business. So it's crazy and stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's quite sensible kind of explanation what about its relationship to because it sounds a lot like to have a screw loose right does it have like a relationship to that yeah i mean a screw loose suggests instability right because if you were Mm. sitting on a chair with a screw loose that's right yeah so you're right you could call it an australian translation it rhymes screw and rue the paddock just serves context right i mean i'm sure Mm -hmm. that a screw loose originally had a secondary phrase right maybe my hunch is that it did okay i've always understood having a rue loose in your top paddock as being about the top paddock being your brain right your mind yeah that's metaphorical it's like a kind of corporeal metaphor yeah body there's something a bit uh haywire you can tell which one of us has a phd in english literature (laughs) i took it quite literally but you're right i think you're you are right there yeah and then it has some kind of similarity to that great phrase bats in the belfry to be batty the belfry being the place where the bell lives in the tower of a church up the top I think that's quite common for us to frame our reference and understanding of the world in terms of our own body. And to use metaphors to try and explain feelings in the body or things about the mind or our experiences, other people. I put it through the Twitter test. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do people use it? My favourite usage Uh is a man named Mark at IC62 on the 20th of June in the lead up to the federal election. Uh And he said, I am now absolutely positive that Barnaby has a dozen ruse loose in his top paddock, Fruit Loop. Mark was obviously, or not obviously, if you're not from Australia or if you don't really follow politics, Barnaby is Barnaby Joyce, Uh who is and was then the Deputy Prime Minister and Agriculture Minister. The reason that he made this tweet, as far as I can see, is that night Barnaby Joyce had been the subject of a Four Corners special that was looking at the fact that he might lose his seat in that election. Ah, yep. Which he didn't. I remember this. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your... Your point of view. Point of view. For the listeners who don't know who he is, they probably do, and they don't know it because he actually made international headlines. Oh, yeah. What was the story? Johnny Depp's mate. Ah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they send each other Christmas cards. I mean, I'm sure they will now. Yeah. I recently yeah. heard again that clip. Looks like he inbred, inbred with, with a tomato. tomato. Which is funny. I mean, it's just funny on all levels because Barnaby Joyce is a bit ridiculous and he does have a very red face round. Right. Um, but Johnny Depp is totally high all the time. So you think that that comparison just came to him? Or was he preparing it for a while? No, no. How can I describe this guy? No, no, I don't think he was preparing anything at all for that interview, except for, like, some large dose of... I don't even know what drugs he was on. And then I was thinking about, does that actually make sense? Like, can you be inbred with a tomato? Because if you're not the breed of a tomato, then you can't really inbred. It's like, you should be crossbred rather than inbred. You're right. 
It's, yeah. Screwed that up. Which also makes me think that Johnny Depp didn't really workshop it before. Him. Yeah, you're right. He didn't run it by... Unless he's just surrounded by yes-men who think that all of his analogies are awesome. I feel like Johnny Depp would surround himself with yes-men. He seems like that kind of guy. From my Twitter research, it seems like it is most commonly applied to politicians. Yeah, but I don't think mm-hmm. that that's the origin usage. I no. think probably it came from more general usage. It makes sense to apply it to politicians these days. It's a good saying. It is a great saying. How was your day? Did you have a lot on? Oh, I was flat out like a lizard drinking. <laughs> that was seamless. So you will be pleased to know, Olivia, that a flat out like a lizard drinking makes Cracked.com's uh, six most baffling slang phrases from around the world. And this is an American website. So our phrase is in there with some other non-English uh, slang phrases. Cracked.com guessed that flat out like a lizard drinking is um, a euphemism for a hangover. Flat out like a lizard drinking. There are some variations. You might just say flat out if you are British. If you are a less good person, I think you'd choose to say flat out like a lizard on a log. I think it's fine, but it's just not as good a version as flat out like a lizard drinking. Meaning that you are extremely busy and or that you're going really fast or working really hard in order to keep up with all of your duties. So just flat out is British, as I mentioned. It seems to have arisen about 1932, roughly. And in that case, it means like driving really fast. So it's kind of like pedal to the metal. It's flat in that way. And that makes a lot of sense because that is when the automobile... Hot new technology. So the lizard, whether it is drinking or on a log, is the Australian edition, which seems to have come around about the Second World War. And it's just a visual intensifier. The lizard is physically flat. So it's just, I guess, a bit of a wordplay, really, on the kind of meanings of flat. Some of the definitions that I found online stressed the speed at which the tongue of the lizard moves when it is drinking. And also the fact that lizards don't do very much, usually... So the fact that it is um, drinking means that it's uncommonly busy. Like it's, this is the busiest it is during the day. So that's there's that kind of angle. Dr. Carl, who is a uh, well-known science educator, adds something to this context, which I like a lot. The thorny devil, which is a spiky desert lizard from Australia, doesn't drink with its mouth. It doesn't stick its face down in a puddle or anything when it wants to drink. If it finds a little patch of dew, it just lowers its belly into it. Cool. Just lies down. And then the water, he says, the water runs into tiny channels that go in between its scales. He says one seventh of the diameter of human hair across. Very small. And so by capillary action, it goes up and ends up in the mouth of the lizard. Wow, that's really weird. It is weird. Can you weird. imagine if we were like that? To drink, you had to lie your belly down. Well, imagine <laughs> what a bar would look like. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Hygiene would be hard. Yeah, I think that a lot of things would be different about human society. Anyway, that's it. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening to The Expressionist. If you like what you heard, please do us a solid and leave a review. Tune in next time when we'll be avoiding giving short shrift, but we might accidentally put our feet in our mouths. <laughs>